0: I was carrying Carter, my two-year-old, and standing in the kitchen, putting my daughter Olivia's lunch into her backpack when the phone rang. I hesitated, debating whether to answer it, knowing we had only a few minutes to catch her school bus. Here, finish this. I handed her the bag so she could zip it up and grab the phone. Hello? Ab? Ab, there's an emergency. I'm in the World Trade Center, and there's been a bomb. Ab, are you there? It was my husband, Aaron, and he was speaking slowly, articulating his words. I imagined a small firecracker in a bathroom somewhere. Surely Aaron was just being dramatic. I tried to answer him, but he was unable to hear me and hung up. A second later, the phone rang again. I answered before the first ring fully sounded. I could sense his urgency, but I also wanted the call over with. Olivia was about to miss her bus. "'Ab, ab, I'm at Windows and the World, in the World Trade Center,' he said slowly. I knew he had to attend a trade show that day in downtown Manhattan somewhere, but I didn't know where exactly he would be. "'There's been a bomb. You need to call the police. Ab?' I was still holding Olivia's lunchbox, helping her to stuff it into her backpack as he spoke." Yes, yes, I said. I'm here. Okay, okay. I'll call them right now. We hung up. I was exasperated. It was Olivia's second day of first grade. Our nanny, Martha, had taken the day off, and I was rushing through my morning without her help. Why couldn't he call 911 himself, I wondered. Why was he making such a big deal out of this? My call reached our local dispatcher at the Montclair, New Jersey Police Department. I felt silly, explaining that my husband thought there had been a bomb in the World Trade Center. "'I haven't heard anything about a bomb, but we will call NYPD and call you back,' the dispatcher said calmly. Our town, a bedroom community for New York, was only 12 miles west of Manhattan. I stood in the driveway, unsure how far the signal of the cordless phone would travel. "'Liv, can you walk from here to the bus stop by yourself?' "'No, Mama, you have to come.' "'Okay, okay,' I said, annoyed. I rushed her down the street, just as the bus arrived. She stepped into it and turned to me from the stairs. "'Who were you talking to?' "'Daddy called and said there's a bomb in New York. Bye-bye, honey!' She looked confused as I waved, pretending frivolity. Carter was still strapped to my hip, and I watched Olivia take her seat. As I walked back to the house, the police called back. "'We've talked to NYPD. A plane has hit the building. I suggest you turn on your TV.' "'All right,' I said feebly. I pictured something small, like a Cessna, as I rushed into the house and turned the TV on. Thick smoke both poured down from the top of the impossibly tall building like water and billowed up into the indigo-blue sky. The picture switched to a shot of another building, this one a pristine twin of the other. Blinking, I stepped backwards as a sudden burst of orange flame seemed to envelop the TV. Carter clung to my hip and I sensed him looking at me fearfully. I hugged him tighter, not wanting to avert my eyes from the screen. Suddenly the screen went blank. I froze for a second, then frantically bent down to fumble with the buttons on the TV. Oh, no, no, I mumbled. Several channels flipped by, all black. Finally, I landed on one and the nightmare returned a building engulfed in sinister black smoke, a second now with an orange flame eating at the wound in its upper floors. "'It seems another plane has hit the South Tower,' the reporter was saying. A different camera angle proved his point in a replay. The huge plane careened crazily to the right and then slammed into the building. Another groan rose up from the pit of my stomach and I began to shake. "'Oh, Fabo. I moaned Aaron's nickname, wanting to jump into the TV. Please, no, 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 no. I groaned involuntarily from somewhere deep in my chest. I crouched down onto the floor, sliding my fingers down the screen, as though I might somehow be able to reach Aaron. I put Carter onto his feet, but he clung to my waist. I carefully dialed the numbers that I knew by heart, this is Voice stream. Due to technical difficulties, we cannot connect your call at this time. The message seemed foreboding. I redialed again and again. Finally, one call got through. You have reached the voicemail of Arendek. His voice was reassuring. Surely he would pick up his messages. Fabo, please call me. I'm so scared for you. I love you. I should call others. Alert them to what? It all seemed impossible.